I am dreamer. I am creative. I am wine. I am dance. I am entrepreneur. I am musician. I am privileged. I am activist. I I am am podcast. Learning. Growing. Inspiring. All right. Welcome to the I Am Podcast. We are so excited to have our special guest today. Our podcast is really about inciting change, educating, and um, learning all together about ourselves as uh, human beings in a society that's constantly seeing change. So I'm going to turn it over here to Erica to introduce our very special guest here. I'm so excited for this guest. We're not only friends, but we're fans of you. Fans of Miss Jackie Steele, a comedian extraordinaire. She is the creator of the online comedy show, OK Zoomer, and homework drag show, (laughs) comedy and drag show. And also her daily rants during quarantine was picked up by BuzzFeed, which was pretty, pretty awesome. Because she's just amazing. So thank you, Miss Jackie Steele, for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes, yes. And also just lover of life activist and um, just aware, very aware human being. So I'm really excited to talk to you about everything that's going on right now. And just there's so many, so many subjects to touch on. Yeah. I was like, can we have five hours? Because we could use five hours to talk. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So for me, I just want to get just touch into like, was there any moment in your life where you realized that you were privileged and you needed to do something about it. You need to stand up for change. Um, yes, thank you. And first of all, Black Lives Matter. Uh, let's. We should just be starting there, Absolutely. right, at all times. Yeah. Uh, as a, a, a lady of the fair skin, I will start there. Um, <laughs> and I remind my fair skin brethren on a regular basis. But that needs to be the starting point. Like we shouldn't be ramping to that. We shouldn't be getting there now. Uh, that's the starting point of the conversation. So, yeah, I think um, I I posted this a while ago, but you know. Because I was starting to think, like, when did I, like, was there, you know, a moment Mm -hmm. you try to think back? And it wasn't, I think it's been a a series of things, first of all. So one of the things is when I was young, um, my mother was a big giver. She loved everyone. She wanted to take care of people. She had her own whole set of of struggles and pain that she went through. Um, And I think watching her do what she did now you know, if you knew us in real life, we fought like cats and dogs. So there's, this isn't, I'm not painting any big, you know, uh, swooping picture here, but the reality is like, I, I did learn so much from her and she would bring people home off the green downtown and just, they would be at the dinner table. It wasn't a conversation. She didn't ask anyone. We would come to dinner and there would be so-and-so. I'm like, Oh, this is Al. Okay. And he was hungry. Now he's not, that's Mm -hmm. it. It's Mm -hmm. that's it. That's really it. That's wow. how simple it is. So, wow. um, you know, and she was never, never fear-based and, and she always worked um, in that way. And she worked for unemployment for a long time for the unemployment system. Uh, this is back on the East Coast. And she would, when she had to, not, to deny women claims, like there'd be a single mothers that would come in and she was her job to make the final decision based on all these things. And every now and again, she just wasn't able to give them the benefits or give people. And she would go get their address, buy groceries, bring it to the house, give them some bill money. So she always believed in sharing what you had and mm-hmm. taking care of each other, um, especially taking care of women, especially taking care of people who um, 
clearly don't have the same advantages and making the most of uh, what you do have to, to help. So, so I think that, but I also just worked with a lot of great people, mm -hmm. some of whom kicked my ass mentally and emotionally, which was needed, right? Like you have those moments where you go, oh, I'm not getting this right. I, yeah. I think I'm crushing this. Yeah. I think I'm a leader today. I think I'm managing the hell out of this room and then something will happen and you go, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not. <laughs> this is where I want to grow and do better and then I'll be a leader. So I think that's one of the dangerous things is that people consider themselves leaders or call themselves leaders or allies, both words I don't necessarily super love because um, I think it's like a, sometimes it's a hall pass and, and sometimes it's an honorable mention, but it, you know, rarely is it a lifestyle. So, but you're a woman of action. Like you not only promote it, but you're about it. You, you follow through with it. It's rare. You know, you don't realize how rare that is until people tell you that. And then you're yeah. like, Oh, but you know, you think about your own life and just your day-to-day -day exchanges. And when people do what they just do, what they said they were going to do, mm -hmm. whatever it Simple. is, yeah. how many times a day are you like, huh? They did it. What? <laughs> so True. many times. That's such a shock. It's just not. And there's a variety of reasons. I'm sure it's not all malicious, but mm -hmm, it's just mm -hmm. rare. So, yeah, I learned also that do what you say you're going to do because your your word is what you have. Mm -hmm. And once you lose that credibility, you're you're done for. So when we were talking about this podcast, we were thinking about different guests and, and naming the podcast. Obviously, it's I am, and we thought about mm -hmm. this one being I am privilege, and I thought immediately Jackie because she wouldn't get offended by that which most lighter skinned people do and they're like well yeah. uh, I'm not privileged I've had a rough life but you're not really understanding the whole white privilege thing and you do you get it I think people I you know I ran into this with a friend of mine um Jordu who is a, a sculptor and an artist he's a world-renowned artist and he posted on his social media about Ahmad Arbery and he said what he had to say, he posted a picture. And and by the way, what he had to say was very simple and it was Black Lives Matter. And mm -hmm. he, but he also used uh, that hashtag, hashtag for BLM, and then he used hashtag white privilege. And when I tell you these people, I don't have to tell you, it's not mm -hmm. new information or shocking, <laughs> but they lost their chips and he was battling with them. And, 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 you know, and I said, first of all, you know, battling with ignorance is a losing game, right? So it, it, I give people about 30 seconds to show me that they they can have a um, not intellectual conversation because that's condescending, but that they want to have a conversation, mm -hmm. right? So because um, we can all learn in that way, and, and it's also important to like figure out how the hell are we going to get through to these people, okay? Because telling them all to piss off and drop it, well, then you know they're they're not gonna first of all, right? Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they're going to exist and they're going to continue on, um, you know. And second of all, none of us have gotten anywhere except stressed and pissed off, which I've also done many times. So I will admit. Um, but so I was talking to Jordi and I was like, you know, my spidey senses tell me two things. One, that these many of these people are making the very privileged and in fact, racist, um, not mistake, but racist assertion that uh, you're not black because you don't appear, right? Mm -hmm. Which is disgusting and societal, but you they don't they don't get it. So and I don't think I think that they would talk to a black man a certain way. I don't think they would speak the way they're speaking to you if that's who they thought they were talking to. Mm. I said, so let's start by clarifying to them who's in the room. Um, and so, and I jumped in and did, I didn't ask him to do the work, but uh -huh. the, so the point is, so we, you know, we did, that's another thing is like, you know, let's 
not stop asking our black brothers and sisters to do the work. Yes, the work's thank done. you. Yes, we're tired. You're just talking about that. We're tired. Yeah. Yeah. That's why we appreciate you doing the work, really, truly doing the work, not just reposting and. Yeah, no, I mean, and it's, little, it's those little things that make those examples. But I said, you know, remove that. I said, white privilege is uh, real. It is uh, necessary to understand. But I will also tell you on the flip side of that coin that it is one of those phrases that is a shutdown. I said, so just decide where you want to go. And if you want to go down the road of telling them to piss off, then keep saying it. And I have your back 100%. But if you want to try to get through to these people, I would remove that and then explain it without using the term. It's it's ridiculous. It shouldn't have to be done. It's so disgustingly fragile, but it is. Mm -hmm. So the term itself, it's it's just like, you know, anything else it's, that's, you know, steeped in racism. It's it's something people are latching on to to attach their energy to so they don't have to look themselves in the eye at the end of the day. Yes. Mm -hmm. Damn. It's real. Right? It's mm -hmm. real. <laughs> and it's real in every way that it's, that it's discussed. And, and, and in a lot of ways we don't discuss. Right. So um, anyway, so I think it's, you know, privilege, white privilege is very, um, very real. Fragility is the realist. And I think ego and pride, uh, I don't excuse a lot with, with, you know, I could say fear-based, but I don't really excuse a lot with fear just because that's bull. Um, you're not afraid. You're racist, right? You're not scared. None of us are going to be scared off. No one's hurting you. No one's taking mm -hmm. anything from you. You want control. And that is based on everything you've ever been handed and taught. And also, uh, you know, it's your ego. That's your ego. So do you think sometimes it's a perceived fear? Something, you know, that like you said, I mean, I guess it is, you know, they've, they've been handed and taught and, mm -hmm. you know, as a stem of that, you know, sort of this subconscious, I've been taught this. And so that, that sort of creates that fear and not necessarily fear for your life, but maybe fear to be wrong in some way. And so, yeah. you know, not, I feel like there's a fear in the unknown. Like people don't take the time to learn about other cultures. So yeah. Well, they don't take time to learn about their own, right? And exactly. so, yeah. and the reality Absolutely. is we're living in a country that's not based on any culture. It's based on the taking of cultures, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that it's just, it's, it's uh, that, and that's a hard pill to swallow and it's a hard chat mm -hmm. to have, you know, I'm Irish American, but what does that actually mean? I've been to Ireland once. Mm -hmm. I celebrate a couple of holidays. Mm -hmm. The holidays we celebrate here are not the same holidays that are celebrated in Ireland, same as Italian, et cetera. So I think people people want to feel rooted in something. They want to feel connected and they want to feel like they have something of their own. For white people, that happens to be almost everything, right? Um, and that's just what it's been. So, uh, but if you tell them that, you know, one of the things I've said to a friend recently or, and I've said before my videos is like, no one's saying that you don't have pain or struggles or you haven't had a bad day. That's not what these things mean, right? It just means you don't have to add that on to it. And it's not based on nothing more than, um, you know, the color of your skin and, 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 and uh, society. So I think it's can be shared fear and generational. Um, but I, I love that you said it's about being wrong, because I do think it's fear of being wrong, and mostly the lack of control, right. fear of not having which control. plays into the ego and the pride, you know, it's yes. really about like, I just don't want to be made a fool of in some way, shape or form. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to stay right. in these shadows with my beliefs and my systems, yeah. you know, and it's safer here. Right. Oh, and the beliefs and systems that, that aren't even rooted in it. It's not rooted in anything. Right. right? Yeah, like, exactly. 
you don't even have full stories. There's not, there's not full truthful, you know, the history that's being taught is not the actual history. Right. And it's so it's like, you know, I was saying to someone earlier, it's like comparing, you know, the Christopher Columbus statue and that whole conversation, you know, uh, we were taught in middle school. I was my best friend and I, um, have the good fortune of living together during this pandemic. And it truly is. I'm very grateful. Um, and so we were saying today, she was saying, you know, we learned that, you know, in, in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. You know, mm -hmm. this is what we were told, these 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 rhymes and limericks or whatever, um, which is nonsense, right? That's like saying your drum uncle who got a DUI took a special road trip one year. It's <laughs> not... <laughs> it's completely retelling and painting these things and just not stick to any truth at all. It's so um, true, Yeah. Yeah, we you were know. just watching something where it was about rhythms and how oh. the 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 downbeats are, you know, the the correct, and then the, every upbeat is like, oh, you know, it's it's devil, it's devilish, it's like of the devil, you know. Mm. <laughs> it's yeah. like, what is okay? Tell that to every oh. other folkloric, you know, group that. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> you keep clapping on the beat. You just keep sign. it that way. We have to assign these things, right? We have to assign. There has to be weight. Now, look, the re there's weight attached to many things, but we have this need to define, describe, you know, identify, and then because it's what we think we can understand or handle, it's all about putting something in your own comfort zone, right? Like, you're allowed to be all the layers to your cake and I don't have to understand them. I don't have to be of them. Um, but it's day-to-day -day work. I mean, I still check myself. I'm a comic. I, you know, you have to check yourself every day. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like uh, other people are, you're all, you know, competing for things. I don't like to view it that way. I think there's enough room at the table for everybody. And I also think if you have your own, huh. everything, you know what I mean? Like you've got your own stuff going on. I don't need to fight with you. I should be celebrating you. Right. Um, but we're not raised that way and we're not taught that we don't come from that, from a societal place. So you still daily, don't get me wrong. Every day, I'm just like, right, let's just make sure we're checking in with ourselves here and coming from the right space because stuff will creep in. Now in your efforts, as far as like um, your daily rants or your, your, your videos through your comedy, have you found that you've changed the minds of people like effectively? Has somebody come to you and say, now I get it. I get what white privilege is and I understand yeah. what I need to do. I, yeah. And that's, that is just the best feeling. Yes, I mean, I it's, it's gratifying. It's, um, it is because, you know, sometimes and, and it's overwhelming and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's, it's overwhelming and exhausting and painful and I'm white. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so like mm -hmm. it is a, you know, but it's also very, very necessary. Um, and I've also like through this, I, I've learned to like, again, back to like checking myself. Am I being condescending? Am I communicating? Mm -hmm. Am I being condescending? Am I, you know, blah, blah, blah. So so it's th that's part of the work, too. But I've definitely had people. um DM me, message me, et cetera, uh, and saying, hey, you really changed the way I look at this and I get it. Okay. I see it differently. I was angry. I was afraid. I had a, um, a white gay man. I posted something about uh, white gay folks being careful of not hijacking um, the BLM movement. Yes, and the I love that you touch on that constantly. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, the other thing is people want to conflate issues. Now, mm -hmm. I'm also not someone who is ever going to be okay with 
you know, standing up for um, Black Lives Matter and standing up for all these things and then watching someone be directly homophobic or transphobic. Mm -hmm. um, however, that has a lot more to do with, you know, um, you know, culture, society, upbringing and, mm -hmm. and so on um, rather than ethnicity. But uh, but I think that it so it's constant work in that sense as well. Right. But I've started to notice there were some folks that were like really conflating things and being like, as a white gay, I'm a minority. I was like, but I'm going to stop you. I'll stop you right there, bud. Nope. <laughs> no, you may be of a minority group and that is okay, but this is not the same thing. Uh, and that doesn't lessen your white privilege by a, an inch. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's um, a lot of layers to it. <laughs> a lot, lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. But I remember a long time ago, um, I'm also adamant about people not using words like crackhead. I'm adamant, like just in my own personal exchange, I can't control the world. But uh, in my friends' groups and my people, I'm like, hey, let's just let's check in about something. Mm -hmm. um, and I also think that it can be hard to do. But like, if you're real and if you're real friends, or you're about your, you know, being a real person and wanting to actually grow, you can handle it, and you should be able to handle it and talk to your friends. But um, so there was a time where a good friend of mine uh, was. Oh, he wrote something about Whitney Houston. And he used the term crackhead, which of course, how anyone could even think of her and think of that, I just, it's bananas to me. But I was like, look, I've lost, uh, I grew up in a, a family of addiction. I'm the first person in my family to not have an addiction, uh, my immediate family, um, which was its own journey. Uh, and so I don't I have a lot of space for people calling people crackheads. I'm like, how would you like to be reduced to the lowest form of yourself or remembered that way. And that's someone's brother, father, sister, mother, lover, whatever, mm -hmm. um, a child. So, and they messaged me and they were like in tears and said, I've never thought of it that way. We just say it so flippantly mm -hmm. that, so yeah. So it's a, it's a great feeling when it does happen yeah. and it's worth yeah. the, whenever it doesn't. <laughs> are there yeah. any organizations or websites that you recommend these young people that are listening and that are so ready mm -hmm. and open to learn and to volunteer and to do research and to better themselves? Yeah, I, yeah, there definitely are. There's, you know, so there's national organizations like the Action Pack, um, ACT UP, uh, obviously HRC, Black Lives Matter, your local Black Lives Matter chapter. Um, one of the orgs that I really uh, like and support is White People for Black Lives. They do, they have a lot of resources for people to, um, for white people to learn um, how to engage in this kind of conversation, how to talk to their families, how to have those convos. Uh, you know, anybody could tell someone on the internet in the comment section about themselves and walk away. Uh, to actually engage and try to move the needle a little bit, um, it doesn't always happen, but you know, a, a, a good amount it does. And so learning that and learning how to have those conversations and engage uh, in community is is a great thing. So white people for black lives and uh, showing up for racial justice is the, the parent org there. Um, Stonewall Democratic Club is someone that I'm working with and that's that's really just about phone making and, 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 and that's a little more on the political side. Um, but they've got some great programs for young leaders to develop people um, into leadership uh, seats, into government positions, civil positions. So if people are looking to get into the civic space, um, how do I become, you know, any of these positions? How do I get into being uh, on a board? How do I get into being on the city council? Um, there's entire programs that are dedicated to 
teaching people. And so one of the things I'm working with the Stonewall Democratic um, Club is on getting our young uh, youth, our young black youth and folks exposed to these opportunities so that we can get um, these folks in these seats, we can get uh, queer people in these seats, and we can start to really move the needle in a much bigger picture way. Um, I will say that if anybody wants information on any of, of, of the orgs or has a specific interest, you can certainly email me um, at JackieSteelComedy at Gmail. Um, <laughs> just email me there. I've got like six emails. Just, that's why I was laughing at myself. But just send it there and, and, uh, and you can reference this podcast. And, uh, and I'm happy to answer any questions, get you connected with volunteer opportunities in your area, growth opportunities, you know, mentorships, whatever. If someone's looking for something and they need help, if I can give it, I'll be happy to, to look into it. Great. Yeah. I'm going to spell that out just in case. I, we'll have it written out for people to see it. Yeah. But just in case people are driving and you want to make sure to remember this, it's <laughs> J-A-C-K-I-E-S-T-E-E-L-E-C-O-M-E-D-Y at gmail.com. Jackie Steele Comedy. What's next for Miss Jackie Steele? <laughs> uh, I'm going to put on real people clothes today. That's on my to do list. That's a big um, step. <laughs> big day. Big day here at the ranch. Just so, so silly. Um, well, you know, there's there's some things that I want to do. I've been I've been talking to some people about releasing some more video content and some more um, produced content, which I'm really excited about. I am. I was just actually in so bizarre even for me now to say this, but I was just in my first uh, web series in an acting capacity, oh, which is excellent. Uh, good luck with that. Take it in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did work on like some behind the scenes work on it, uh, on, on that side of it, which I was happy to like line produce and do a couple things. Um, but they asked me to be in it. And, uh, and it's a, um, series that it's called hashtag TMI. It's written by a black bisexual woman. And it's about her experiences being black and bi and living in both communities and, and, and her journey. Uh, it's uh, Ashley Shine is the, the writer and creator and director and everything. She's fantastic. So, uh, so getting to work with her, working with your friends is always dope and getting to work with her and see her kind of grow from I have this idea for this thing. And we talk about this um, amongst us a lot, you know, mm -hmm. uh, I have an idea. What am I going to do about it? Um, and sometimes we just do the damn thing. And this was one. So Ashley's a doer. She took it, made it happen. And I was really happy to be acting. And I'm a, I'm a real, real bee in this show. So right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> can't wait. <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Just do whatever, whatever is fun and comes my way. I, you know, the comedy world is, not um it's all online right and which yeah. can be really bizarre and i've you know produced shows at the comedy store and the hollywood improv before this all started we will be there's unless some grand change happens i'm unaware of uh those shows will start up again when the world is ready but for now it's online and i you know i took about a month and then i went oh i have to do something so we launched both of our shows um which is okay zoomer on fridays and then homework dragon comedy uh on thursdays so which is just it's a complete trash fire. It's so good. It's, just, <laughs> it's everything you want in a Zoom show. It's just... Uh, I love that so you yeah. quickly adapted and created the show. It's pretty amazing. Pretty I was like, we're just going to... I'll be honest. I'm not going to... I did one. I was like, well, okay, I'll just do my own. I'm not going <laughs> to... I can't... Uh, I can't do everything. So I decided we would just do our own. And that way, I don't have to be on 50 of them. I can do, do mine and we can promote it. I could book 
all the comics I want to see and have diverse lineups. And I'm like, women's and queers and black people. Oh my, it's just a real, <laughs> That's it's a cool done it of 2020 talent, but, um, but both shows are fun. And, 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 you know, and although I'll tell you, I had to have the conversation with my co-producers. I produce th- Thursday night's show uh, with Aluja, who's a famous drag queen and, and Samantha Hill is a comic and producer. Uh, and my Friday night show with John Stefanaro. And it occurred to me, I had not worked with John before and he's, you know, a white dude. He's from Brooklyn, um, lives out here in LA now. And I, I thought, Oh, we didn't have the talk. And so I, I said, you need to call me. And we got on the phone. I was just, so you know, every show I do has women, no surprise has queer people, but like we, I, we don't do a show that doesn't have black representation or queer representation or, and by the way, it's not representation, it's called talent. But so, you know, it's not that, you know, no one's saving the world here. I'm just booking talented people. But I, it occurred to me, like, we didn't have that talk because a lot of comedy is not booked that way. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes. Mm, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I love it. I wanted to just touch on your philanthropy because I know that you're very involved in giving to communities. Um, and so I'd love to just hear a little bit about that. I mean, I know we've hear, heard the story about how your mom was. And so I'm sure that's mm-hmm. what's affected you in, in many ways. But can you tell us a little bit about that and how yeah. we can also be more involved in things like that? Yeah. So, um, so thank you. So uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles about, you know, uh, 2000 years ago or something, uh, <laughs> I remember I was here. I had no job. I had no process. It wasn't like, you know, I lined things up and came out. I was like, I'm just going to go to LA and figure it out. Right. And I had like a sleeping bag and some good outfits and thought I'd figure the rest of it out. Um, and I did. <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm like, I've got the hair. It's all going to happen. Uh, <laughs> that's how Hollywood works. Right? So, <laughs> sometimes. So, um, but I remember like I wasn't working and I, and I thought, you know, when you were on the East coast, you would just volunteer. Like if I was unsure of things and that's partially a control thing, if we're all being honest, I'm still a Capricorn after all. But so I remember, you know, I would just be like, just volunteer somewhere and you can forget about yourself. You know, it makes me feel better to help people. I feel rewarded. So when I was going through that, when I was living here in LA for the first time, I was like, you know what? I need to get over myself. It's all going to work out. And I went to volunteer at uh, APLA, AIDS Project Los Angeles, just answering phones. But I realized like the first day that they fed you dinner every night when you volunteered. Like they had people who donated dinner and I didn't have, you know, anything. So I was like, I'm volunteering every day. I'm going to get a meal and some food in my stomach and we'll figure it out. And we just, and that was it. Like, but it's, it's always more about just getting over yourself, do something for someone else, have some perspective about what other people are going through, and it, you'll sort the rest of it out. So, um, so yeah, and I think it's also easier than everyone thinks, uh, and also then in fairness, and some people make it. So I'm um, just... <laughs> just completing the final application for Hearts of Steel, which is my 501c3, just about to finally submit, I know. So excited. Awesome. Um, yeah, I know, it's it's been a real, real ride. And I had a lot of help um, from people just learning the whole process, you know? So, um, and basically the idea behind it, it everything I do, I, I you know, the charity work and community stuff, I usually reference Hearts of Steel and just remind people to be strong and, and love strong and, and give work hard, play hard and give back, but uh, which I didn't coin, but I use. And, um, you know, so the whole idea behind it is 
my view is that if you put me in a room with a hundred people and you, and it can be the most extreme opposite of who I am. It can be people that you think I would never break bread with. And I can come out of that with the majority of people willing to commit something to something, right? Because the thing is, I don't care if it's a dollar. Is it a social media share? Is it an hour? Is it a, you know, gift bags for a be- or a garbage bag for a beach cleanup? Not everyone has the same to give, but they have something. And most people want to do something, but they it's so cumbersome sometimes. Sometimes when you sign up for these organizations, you get three-page emails, action alerts every hour. It's overwhelming. And then you feel like you're underwhelming, right? You feel like, well, what can I do? How am I going to make it? Oh, and there's so much to do. And that's totally. all true. <laughs> I've felt true. that so yeah. much. Yeah. What can I but contribute? You, what can I do? Yeah. yeah. How do I even start to do this? Mm-hmm. But if, if you just break it down to the simplest, this is all we need. Mm-hmm. We need just these two things. Write this email. That's it. You've done it. You have fought for racial justice by sending this one email. It sounds crazy town, but one email equals 10,000 equal, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's how that happens. So just by doing one thing you can, and sharing that with inf- information with people, you can amplify it. And the same with community. If you could just do one thing and get people to commit in small ways, you can make massive change. So the goal with Hearts of Steel is to break it down, give people an easy space to go to, get involved, do something good, and go on with their day because everybody has a lot going on. So, um, so that's it. And I attach charity to everything I do. And that doesn't, we're not, you know, any, hopefully there'll be millions at some point as we all grow. But, mm-hmm. you know, I donate for every comedy show. We're not breaking the bank with these shows where, you know, maybe it's a $10, $20 donation. But after weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, it's $500. So it, it, it adds up. And just sort of on a, on a, for me personal, I'm a parent and I've actually tried to look for places that we can volunteer as a family. And sometimes it's actually really difficult to find a place for somebody under the age of 16 or 13 to volunteer. Do you have yeah. any leads on something like that? Yeah, that's a really great point. And I think some of the orgs, there's some animal rescue orgs that I know of that um, families have gone to, and I'll, I'll follow up and share some links that you have them. Um, things like beach cleanup days, if you can get with a local community organi- uh, organization that's doing that kind of work. Um, and also, usually, if there is a parent or guardian that's with someone of the younger age, you can sign the consent form. Um, the bigger the org, sometimes the harder that that is to do. Um, so I'll share some links and I'll look into um, the other thing. I think you know you mentioned earlier about being wrong, and I I just want to say this because this is these are the moments where I think it's look how easy it is to say I don't know. I will. I can Google that. I can reach out to some of my contacts, and I can get you the info. Right? Yeah. We are living. I was. I was doing a panel. I did this panel for AEG, and it was a, a worldwide panel um, uh, that they that they launched uh, um, through AEG globally, which was super great. Um, and, and it was about being, you know, queer and working in entertainment. Right. And so I said, you know, we're living in a society where we're captured at all hours of the day. We are sharing when we have our morning muffin, when we're having our night wine or whatever. It's constant, but we're so terrified to make a mistake. We're seeing more than we've ever been seen. And yet we're just in fear all day, every day. And I think the three little words I don't know are wildly underrated. It is okay. Nobody knows everything. You don't have to know. Just say, I don't 
know, but I'll either, I don't know, Google it yourself, or I don't know, I'll find out for you. Right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Such That's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so to answer that, I know those are two likely areas. Um, I can't remember the name of the animal, uh, it's like an animal sanctuary you can go. Uh, but I believe they have family opportunities, usually the beach cleanup type days, things like that. But I'll find some links and share them with you. Um, but that's a great example um, of why sometimes it can be difficult to find. And then one quick thing I, I'd love to mention if I can is that um, I learned this from a really tremendous black organizer uh, and leader. And I will say, and I say leader because she truly is one in every sense of the word. Uh, and the reason I say two things. One, I learned from her, you're asking about how I'm learning about your privilege and learning about, you know, as you go through this. Uh, and I had posted a, an entire video using the term people of color, um, which is what I had seen, what I knew, you know. And so here I am like, I'm talking about people. I'm doing it. I'm doing a thing. Uh, and she wrote, no, black, just say black. And then she, there was like a meme and it was about the uniqueness of the black experience. And I went, got it, edit it, like the copy. And then we're, you know, moving forward that that's what I've used unless I'm speaking about different groups, right? So, um, but it's just that easy. I didn't go, no one told me. Yeah, all right, you, someone just did tell you. And now you know, and uh, just, what are you gonna cry about? Just, you have information, <laughs> you can choose to absorb the information and move forward. It just shouldn't break you as a, as a human to do that. So, um, but one of the things, it's Kamora Harrington and she has a great organization called Kamora's uh, Cultural Corner. And you can find them on uh, all the socials and uh, online, Kamora's Cultural Corner. Uh, and so Kamora Harrington did a video um, and, you know, she was talking about that, talking about fragility and she was talking about organizations and she said, you know, the bigger organizations have a lot of funding and they do and they all need support grassroots organizations local black led grassroots organizations have a much harder time getting that funding and developing that funding the grants process is a heavy cumbersome one a lot of times when you work with these organizations there's anything attached to it from uh you know religious ties to uh, and her organization happens to also be a queer organization. So, so there's some layers there of why. So there's certain places that just don't make sense that are heavy grant giving places. Um, so I would also just recommend when looking for local orgs in your area, look for your grassroots orgs. You can clearly see they're doing the work. You can see the work they've done. Um, and these are the groups that need support. So I would just offer that. That's great. That's awesome. great yes. advice. So great. This has been such a great interview. I oh, you're so awesome. <laughs> well, you <laughs> Tell um, us where people can find you on socials. Um, you can find me in my bed drinking wine, holding a chihuahua. <laughs> uh, at drinking wine. <laughs> yes, that's the main place I am these days. Um, I'm at Jackie Steele Comedy on all of the social channels. Um, and our comedy shows, which are the homework comedy and drag on yes. Thursdays. Uh, okay, Zoomer on Fridays, uh, Thursdays, comedy and drag, trash fire, delightful. Friday is all stand up, different kind of trash fire. We have a um, DJ on the Friday night show. So we stay, if you, you know, you've been, you know, we stay. He's so we have good. A couple, of steps, couple of steps. Just <laughs> We've been there. Steps. Yeah. We still get to have Friday. I'm, I'm taking time for some sips and steps. So the shows are always free for, um, 
any out of work service industry, essential workers, frontline workers, you know, any of my friends are out of work. I don't just come and relax <laughs> and have some laughs. It's fine. You know? Uh, so just if anybody wants to come, just message me and I'll get you a ticket to the show. And like I you said, that. you give back to charity, which is awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Yes. yes. Always yes. giving back. That's yes. one hot trash fire. Um, so lastly before we let you go we want you to give us three to five words that complete the sentence about you I am blank blank. (laughs) being that this is the I am podcast so my first instinct is to say not a short talker but um, (laughs) I will say uh, three to five words I am working on it Mm. That's it. It's a work in progress. Yeah, that's that's it. Great. I mean, it's, you got it's, more. It's, I, well, I am. You know, I am very tall. No, uh, I, 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 I think that's the. I am trying uh-huh. and working on it. I think that's what we need to be doing, right? Like, I'm not. I don't think I, in any area of my life, am so assured that I don't need to be working on it. So I think that's probably the most important thing for me right now, especially because it is such a hard time to do that. (laughs) So it's sometimes just getting out of bed is enough right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, And also all I can do some days, to be honest, some, you know, people, people think I'm swinging from chandeliers, drinking champagne at all times. (laughs) And sometimes I am. Uh, People think that I am. <laughs> I'll call you right back. Um, people think that I am, you know, leading a, a, a revolution and, you know, burning something to the ground at all times. And sometimes I am, but sometimes I am not able to get out of bed. And sometimes just doing that and putting my feet on the ground and committing to getting up has to be okay. Uh, so I would also say I am allowing myself. It's probably good for all of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I told you I wasn't a short talker. You did that to yourself. <laughs> uh, that's great. The thing I love is just the perspective that you try to hold and try to understand. That seems to be the biggest problem that's happening today is people aren't taking time to at least understand. You know, it's like, okay, Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Well, what do you mean by all Black Lives Matter? What are you trying yes. to say when you say all all lives matter? Yes. And sometimes when you listen to some of these people, they're all kind of saying the same thing. There's so much fire growing on both sides. I mean, fire's just going to burn everything down. Yeah, I mean, I think the fire's important, yeah. you know, and the passion's important and the movement's important. But I agree. I think that people, I think... Yeah, I really liked, you know, what Gio said. I think it's it's the fear of being wrong. I don't think you're afraid. You're not afraid. Uh, you know, look, you're not afraid of gay people or black people. You're racist and homophobic, right? But those those words also aren't going to move that particular needle. Um, but it's it's fear of being wrong and fear of lack of control. And I think, you know, the older I get, and I'm still <laughs> a red young chicken, so don't even bother. But the, the older, now I I honestly I I am 42 and I. I enjoy aging. I know that's, that usually gets a weird reaction from people, but I, um, I, it's, I really do feel like a fine wine in that area. I feel like, oh, if yes. I could give my 20-year-old self any <laughs> of this, yeah. really rule in the world. You know what I mean? Because this, this is a close to fully cooked dish, but it ain't, and, and it certainly wasn't then, right? <laughs> but think of all the energy you have when you're at that age that you think you, that what you think you know. Yeah. And that doesn't mean people of a certain age don't know anything or are intelligent or don't, I, I detest that as well. I think there's this weird 
uh, ages thing that goes on too, where it's like older people are outdated mm -hmm. rather than, you know, delightfully seasoned and well-prepared for anything. Uh, and younger <laughs> people. <laughs> I love the food you. references. I'm, just, I'm with that. <laughs> I just think I'm delightfully seasoned. But, but then the young people, well, they don't know anything. Yeah, sure they do. Sure they do. They absolutely do. They absolutely Think of yourself at that age. Did you know all you know now? No. Have you learned and grown? Absolutely. Did you know a lot? Were you, did you have something to offer and something to provide? Yeah, you did. So there's that weird ages thing that happens, I think, too. But um, then again, I have to remind myself to be, you know, don't don't do that either. Um, but uh, everyone needs to to the the defining of things and the self centering. People are so self centric. And the, and the idea that every one of these conversations you have to have a voice in, and that's part of why I've been a lot more quiet lately as well, um, is I'm just like, I'm just going to take a beat here um, and also be quiet and listen and and and, and right. think you deserve the five, six, seven, eight, and the beat. <laughs> right, You've like, done a lot. Say, <laughs> just, you know, give me a beat, Janet yeah. Shoulders. But I really like... Uh, I think taking that time is necessary, but also sometimes removing yourself, um, letting other people use that mm -hmm, air and mm -hmm. do that, you know, for just a minute Definitely. while you kind of regroup and figure out the next thing. But um, it's not about you. I think, you know, when you asked me, was there a moment where something affected me? At some point in my life, somebody probably necessarily and very directly said, it's not about you. I can't remember it, but I'm guessing someone did because that's a phrase that sticks in my mind. It's not about you. That's it. And now I say that to people. Um, and I remind myself, it's just not about you. And it doesn't need to be about you. So remove yourself from, it's not your experience. Remove yourself from needing to participate in the experience, but having the conversation. So um, yeah, I think it's the, it's the fear of being wrong and, and needing to insert yourself or make it about you, which is just gross. Yeah. Yes. And way too common. Wow. <laughs> and mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> Stop being crazy. <laughs> oh, Jackie, well, thank great. you so much. This was yes. amazing. We learned so much. We laughed Ooh. so much. Always. <laughs> so great. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for doing this. I'm so excited you're doing it. You are inspiring me. Thank you for keeping me motivated and making me get out of bed today. <laughs> Yay! Uh, put the two feet on the ground. That's so, right. Thank you for um, keeping me motivated in that way as well. So yeah, so follow up whenever. And uh, I love you all and I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening. Interested in starting your own podcast? Visit us at IamMusicGroup.com.